Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Okay, Pastor Dave told me to read through Genesis 5 in preparation. Okay, uh, this is the written account of Adam's line. Uh, when Adam lived 930 years, he became the father of Seth. Um, and then Seth became the father of Enosh. And, um, and then Enosh became the father of Kenan, Kenan. Uh, and then Kenan, uh, had been, became the father of, uh, uh, I see you're practicing all those names. Um, these names are impossible. Adam, Seth. What's wrong with them? There's nothing wrong with Adam and Seth. No. Uh, uh, is it Enosh or Enosh? And Enosh. Okay. So would it be Keenan then? Mm-hmm. But this one, it's M A H A L E L Mahalel. 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 Yes. Now the names are different. All these names mean something actually. Each one of these in the Hebrew. Adam actually means red earth, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why he is the first man born. And I'm sorry, wasn't born, but from the red earth. Made of earth. Yeah, yeah. And so all these names, and I don't remember what all of them mean specifically. No, you don't have to read them. Uh, Methuselah means something. Um, all of the names mean something that we're reading. Okay, it's great that these names all mean something, but but this is just a list of names and, and a bunch of numbers of how long people lived, and can't we just skip all this? It's, it's really not all that important, is it? Well, it is and it is not. Um, it is important because several key things. It, it links Adam and his children all the way we're going to come to Noah and we're going to find then from Noah it'll come down to Abraham Abraham to David David to Jesus and the point of all of the genealogies is to show that humanity is linked together and that Jesus our savior is part of humanity ah. so that's very important okay um secondly, it's important because as the genealogies are given, we also get other tidbits of important items that are going on in the life of the world. We're going to find that out here in just a few moments with uh, chapter 5. Um, right away, uh, at the beginning, though, of chapter 5, it says Adam gave um, birth to Seth in his image. And it points out very clearly, it's not God's image anymore. This is Adam, the sinful, corrupted Adam. Uh, yeah. I begin to see some of the importance, but... Okay, first it says that uh, when Adam had lived 130 years, mm-hmm. he had a son in his own likeness, just as you were talking about, mm-hmm. and he named him Seth. And after Seth was born, Adam lived 
800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived 930 years and he died. Mm-hmm. And then starts with Seth. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. And he became the father of Enosh. Seth uh, lived, uh, after that, he lived uh, 807 years and had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. Mm-hmm. And then when Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. And after Kenan, or, or after that, uh, uh, he lived... Uh, 815 years, and had other sons and daughters, and altogether Enosh lived 905 years, and then guess what happened? He died. That's right, and this goes on for Mm -hmm. several more verses, Mm -hmm. and it's always, and he had other, he had this one, other sons and daughters, and he died. Mm -hmm. This one, other sons and daughters, and he died. And (laughs) it's very repetitive. Absolutely. It's showing that there is a a lineage going on and that no matter what humanity tries, it always ends in death. And that's one of the key points that's going on here. Otherwise, we'd have Adam and we could talk to Adam and Seth and Enoch now, but we can't. And that's something that we need to realize that that's part of our existence, notice I didn't say life, it's part of our existence that it ends in death unless something were to change it. And what did God say in the garden? The day you eat of it, you will surely die. And so God is using the genealogy to point out his word is true. Along with that, it also is showing um, that there are many years and generations, and we're going to get this in the next chapter. How come these guys lived so long, and we don't now? I was going to ask that. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that, but that's a little bit later. Chapter 6, we've got to wait, because God actually uh, says uh, something specifically about that. But we can see that there is long life. And, and many people have added up these years, made the charts, and added and did the flow chart down. And... Uh, some will say, well, there might be discrepancies and, and incorrections and stuff and dates and years. Mm, maybe, but not probably. This is probably rather accurate. This is going to kind of get into the question of uh, uh, how old is our world? Mm. How was it created? And is it a young world, an old world, and etc.? We touched on that a little bit. I don't want to get into that too far. But it does note that that life was at great length prior to the flood. Wait a minute. So you're saying that there's this whole long chapter... It is 32 verses. Hmm? And we're just not going to say very much about it. We're done? Kind of. But, but, but I'm ready to read. Well, we're not going to read, though. Ha, 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 ha. Let me add one last thing. 
when you look at the genealogies here, uh, I should have mentioned, and I didn't, and maybe, maybe this will help you. When you look at it and you put them in comparison to each other and you run the tree, um, uh, Methuselah died just before the flood. And Methuselah, who was the fifth generation, probably knew and talked with Adam. Eh, maybe even a bit more. The point being is there was connection between all of these. It wasn't just like what we have today of one generation and boom, they're dead. And that would have been extremely important to share the importance of what God was doing and how he wanted to save his world. For the record, let's at least hear all the names between Adam and Noah. Okay. Adam was the father of Seth. Seth. Adam's one. Seth is two. Seth was the father of Enosh. Three. Um, Enosh was the father of Kenan. Four. Kenan was the father of Mahalel. Five. Mahalel uh, became the father of Jared. Six. Jared was the father of Enoch. Seven. Enoch was the father of Methuselah. Eight. Methuselah was the father of Lamech. Nine. Lamech was the father of Noah. Ten. Ten generations from creation to the flood. Well, since we're doing For the Record, I think we need to also do a bit of For the Record of the book of Genesis, the who, what, where, why, when, and how. So what do you got there for us, Cecilia? Well, Genesis, it's generally understood both by Christians and Jewish people, was compiled and written by Moses. Um, it's understood that Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, called by some the Pentateuch, meaning the five volumes, um, the Jewish people know this as the Torah, um, the books of the law. Uh, and when did Moses write it? When did he have time with all the things he was doing? It's believed that the 40 years that the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, uh, uh, which is found in the book of Exodus, um, that Moses did a lot of the writing of the first five books of the Old Testament then. Hmm. Uh, Genesis, the word Genesis uh, comes down uh, meaning in the beginning or the beginning. Um, it's thought that Moses wrote it based on the fact that in Acts uh, 15, um, it's talked about that Moses taught the custom of circumcision and uh, circumcision is first mentioned in Genesis 17, where God is talking to Abraham and, and makes the covenant between him and uh, 
and Abraham, and Moses knew about this, and so uh, he wrote this in Genesis, and he also taught the custom to the Israelites. And so that, in a very simple nutshell, oh, uh, some people in the last three centuries have tried to say no, that it looks like there was there were several authors, that this is just a patchwork of stories and poems, but if you look very closely at the archaeology and at the literary, um, the way the book was, was written, the literary style of the book, there's more evidence to support that Moses did write it than that a bunch of authors wrote it. So that, in a nutshell, is the history and how the book of Genesis got started. Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. When men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children with them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. So the Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So we finished chapter 5, which was the genealogy, the string of people. Here now we come at the time leading down to Noah in a different way, giving some history, some background to why God felt he had to destroy the world with a flood. And uh, right away, Pastor Dave, I'm putting on the brakes. And because I've got some questions that Mm -hmm. just don't add up. First of all, you've got, it says, the daughters of men, no, the sons of God... And the daughters of men. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Daughters of what were the? What's the difference between? Yeah, God there's and man two here? possibilities here, and I want to mention both. So, because if I don't, someone's going to write in. <laughs> Probably some people actually are conjecturing that the sons of God are angels, and yeah. that this is. A whole different race preceding the flood that God destroyed in the flood, and and uh, on and on it goes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense, though, because as the the Bible throughout, 
including Jesus, points out angels are spiritual beings without a physical body. They can appear as though they have a body, but they do not have a physical body. And so for them to um, have procreate. sexual relations and procreate, it's impossible. It's just impossible. So we got to look elsewhere. As okay. uh, Sherlock Holmes says, uh, eliminate the obvious and you come up with the final. And the sons of God then would be the children of Seth, the believers. And the sons of men would be all of the others who weren't following God and pleased with God. Probably because, some of uh, Cain's descendants sure, for some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's why chapter 5 is important. It's, it's showing the string of those who did believe and trust in God, coming from Seth all the way down to Noah. And we heard in uh, that last verse, Noah found favor in the sight of God. And so it's talking about people who have faith, that are following God. That's why they're called, maybe even sarcastic, oh, you God follower. They may have mm. even have had that happen to them while walking the earth. Well, that makes sense now because it talks about how the, the sons of God noticed how beautiful the daughters of men mm. were. And this even actually shows some of their depravity. They looked at their beauty and they had to have it. Mm. That's covetousness, greed, lust of the eyes. And they took whatever they wanted, it says. Took whatever they wanted. It kind of reflects what was going on in the heart and how and why God said their hearts were wicked and evil. And that's why he was grieved. Mm. All right, then we come to the next part that confuses me completely. Yeah. The Nephilim. The Nephilim. Oh, really? And, and to me, I get a the picture Nephilim. of this giant type thing who is... Um, elf-like with wings and a flaming sword. I wouldn't say elf-like, no, but <laughs> i got to defend my elves You here. read so much of the... Uh, the Tolkien Lord of the Rings, yeah. yes. It, it does kind of, even with the word Nephilim, kind of almost gives you that. Okay. Yes, and it said these were heroes, men of renown. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and uh, although I don't think it's true, I, I, I do like the stories of uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, and I like thinking of men of renown and heroic. Well, they are. It said so. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in the presence of people. Um, you play the violin sometimes. Yes. Have you ever been in the presence of a, of a master violinist, and they just pick it up, and they just... And they just like... How can you do that? Yes. They're a hero with the violin. Yes. I, I've been in the presence of people, I like doing woodwork, and, mm -hmm. I, and they just flip and do this and do this, and it's like, how did you just do that? What in the heck? Sometimes football players are, are spoken of this way, that they're just crazy athletes and what they can do with the jumping and leaping. Basketball players, too. Just unreal. Not to mention even academics. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What they can take out of a passage of a book. And, and so here it is, uh, uh, um, heroes of renown and fame. There was warfare going on, and so these were probably mighty warriors. And so um, it was a physical activity and, and ability. So and the Nephilim weren't a different race or, or something? They were just human? Well, yes and no. I mean, they were human beings. Okay. Um, 
there's been a lot of research done on on what these giants may have been. It, we also see it coming up in Genesis 15. It talks about some giant people. It talks about it. Uh, well, David slew Goliath. He was a giant of the uh, of the Rephaim. Uh, uh, and again, what they're thinking is that it was uh, related to an unusual overactive pituitary gland that helped them grow. In fact, there's a section in in um, uh, not only about uh, Goliath, but he had a brother, and there were other cousins. One had six fingers, and these were big, oh mighty gosh. men. Mm-hmm. And when you see someone who's not just like yourself, they seem massive, they seem huge, and, and the, it sounds as though these larger people were um, able to do certain feats, even like we had mentioned earlier about... Uh, People who have just a gift to do mm-hmm. something. Well, these people being large, they probably had the gift of, 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 well, certainly strength and might. And so this was impressive. And so it comes down as though they're a different race. Not really. They're humans. So God is saying here, uh, these, these Nephilim, these giants mm-hmm. and such, probably intermarried again with the the... Daughters of men, right? And their wicked ways get passed on, right. um, and their children become corrupt, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And God says, "I'm not going to put up with it." And in fact, in the midst of all this, He said He's going to shorten the days to 120, Think 120 of, years, 120 years. Yeah, shorten the days to 120 years. Mm-hmm. Excuse the pun about the days and the years, but it, they, they flow together that way. To God, a thousand years are like a day. Mm-hmm. Days there refer to a, 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 a generalization. By the way, just a flip back to Genesis 1 where it says, and there was evening and there was morning, the first day. It quantifies that yom. That word yom is the word day in Hebrew. So there it was very specific. Here it's not. It's very general. The days were shortened. The years were shortened. And think about it. Um, when you have a, an evil person, uh, a murderer, and you let them live to 900 years, Ugh. all that's going to happen is they're going to get their their evil perfected. Mm-hmm. Excuse the pun. And it's really a, a, a anathema there that evil get perfected. Mm-hmm. But that's what made God's heart sad. And that's why he shortened the years right here. And we'll find in a little later after the flood, he shortens them even more. Let's focus on God for a moment. My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. Let's just take that for a second. Mm-hmm. Here we have the contrast. God, his spirit, man, mortal. First, mortal means a beginning, a end. Mm-hmm. God means no beginning, no end. Such a huge contrast, how far afield mankind had gone from what God wanted. And because of his love for his creation, he would, and promised, a savior. So that man would not just be mortal, but immortal, meaning a beginning 
and no end. And that takes place in Jesus. It's only in Jesus that we have this immortality because he was the one who came back to life from the dead. And then it's only in him that we have the promise that we too shall live is in Christ Jesus. All right. Then it says that God was grieved Mm. and his heart was filled with pain. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the kind of pain he must have been experiencing to regret having made man in the first place and then to decide to destroy something he had created? And, and again, there's a contrast. Man's heart was filled with wickedness. God's heart was filled with pain. God's heart was filled with thoughts for man. Man's thought was filled with hearts. Uh, man's heart was filled with thoughts of only man. And yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God's pain was man stabbing him in the heart. That's why God was grieved, grieved deeply. But it doesn't end there. So far, in our study today, We've seen tragedy, disaster, misery, pain, suffering on both the part of mankind and God. There's really not much hope here, much comfort whatsoever. But, (laughs) now Pastor Dave, you have taught me, but erases everything else before it. Yep, and what's the but? What comes after it? But, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Notice that it changed to the eyes of the Lord and that um, he found favor. Now, what was different than about Noah than all these other people? Well, what was different? He... I can only guess that he served God instead of yielding to the wickedness of the world. Yes. It notes with all the other people that their hearts were filled with wickedness and greed and everything. It's all about me, 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 being God. I will be like God. The only way Noah is different, he found favor in God's sight. What does God look for? But a heart that looks to him. That wants to serve him. And that's what faith is about. Trusting that God is God, not me. And that he, meaning God, is the center of things and not man. Noah was a sinner, just like King David was a sinner. Their thoughts weren't always focused where they should be, but 
their hearts were for the Lord. We don't know whether Noah was strong, weak. We don't know. We know that David may not have been the biggest or strongest of his seven brothers, but the fact was, he was focused on God. And even though he sinned big time, he wrote a very beautiful psalm after he sinned. Creating me a clean heart Oh God Sing it to Jesus And renew a right spirit within me Close your eyes and worship Creating me a clean heart Creating me a clean heart Oh God And renew a right spirit within me Cast me not away from thy presence Cast me not away from thy presence Oh Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit love that psalm mm-hmm. and the many different ways it's sung. You probably have heard some in other ways too. It is following the heart of God and asking Him to always, always create in us a clean heart. If we can be of any help or service to you as you are in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to ask. We'll do whatever we can and resources to help you. Just don't write us at info at not dash alone dot net don't forget about our website that has other books that we've studied it's www.not-alone.net and until we gather again remember we We are are not not alone. alone do come back again to room 4216 Credits. Create in me a clean heart. 20th Century Masters Collection, The Best of Keith Green, 2015. Interlude Musicians, Robert Vaughn and Terry Nord.